I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and welcome to Church Online. If this is your first time watching us, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave a comment or a like, and let us know that you're watching. And also, if you need anything, you can always visit us at lifechurchutah.com, and we'd love to be able to pray with you about anything. If you'd like to participate in giving today, you can do so by texting the word LCGIVE to the number on the screen. Once again, thank you for watching Church Online here at Life Church Utah. God bless. Hey, stand with me, would you? And turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Oh, a few weeks ago I told you that this would be Baseball Sunday. I know some of you wondered, what on earth is that all about? This guy's going to desecrate the pulpit. No, I'm not going to do that at all, but I love baseball. Anybody here love baseball? Anybody here love, oh, for Marco's sake, how many love football? All right, that's good. How many love basketball? How many love hockey? How many of you are couch potatoes and you don't love, you don't like any exercise? Yes. <laughs> That'll be my message two weeks from today. <laughs> Hey, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning to read with verse 24. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and here's what he says. I think it's on the screen. It's on your notes page. Paul writes this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Now watch this next line. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It's powerful. It's anointed. I pray that you will come and fill this place. We already sense your presence here. God, I ask for your touch, your anointing. In my weakness, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Now, before you're seated, I know some... Man, some of you, as soon as I said amen, like Pavlov's dog, you were down. Turn to two or three people and say, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> you may be seated. Now I know. I believe it's good to have fun once in a while, amen? Yeah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know that some of you may be saying, but pastor, that text that we just read does not mention baseball. Did you notice that? Unless you were completely zoned out, you may have noticed that. And that's a good observation. But keep in mind... 
just to give you a little history, that baseball didn't come to this earth until somewhere in the 1800s. So, baseball was not around when Paul wrote his letter to the church in Corinth. I know you're saying, duh. But, hear me. The principles that Paul shares in this text, using athletic imagery, did you pick up the athletic imagery? Pertain not only to running that he talked about, also to sparring or boxing of some sort, but also I believe the principles connect to sports like baseball. Now I know some of you may be saying, Brother Bob, you shouldn't use baseball as a basis for sermons. We should leave sports out of it. You're desecrating the pulpit by talking about baseball, and I'm offended that you're wearing a jersey. <laughs> By the way, I, <laughs> pastoring over the years, I don't want to, I'm already on thin ice, but I'm an, inter, I'm an interim pastor. <laughs> I have people come to me and say, Brother Bob! NBA basketball coaches wear a coat and tie. Why don't you wear a coat and tie in the pulpit? I love to say, well, baseball coaches, baseball managers wear jerseys. Can't I wear a jersey? And also, Jesus never wore a coat and tie either. My feeling is whoever invented the awful invention called the tie <laughs> needs to be tortured. Just, I know I just lost a bunch of you. Hey, remember this. Remember this. Here's the point. Jesus told a lot of stories. He used parables. He used truths that people knew about to teach God's truth. So I'm just using a part of Americana, so to speak, to teach God's truth. Now, I've already told you I love baseball. I've always loved baseball. Since I was a little boy, my mom uh, taught me to be a Yankee fan. I see some jerseys here. I know the Cubbies. Yeah, I know you're ready to yell at your team. But So I was in Little League. I loved Little League. I was a bat boy for the Junior College World Series that would come to Grand Junction when I was a boy. And I played high school baseball. In fact, I know some of you are dying to know what I looked like in high school. I believe we have a picture of me. I'm number 30 right there. I was a first baseman for the Grand Junction Tigers. Mike, who, who laughed over here? Now, we've got another picture. Here is the hunk of burning flesh that Sherilyn fell in love with. That's me right there. Notice the glove that I've got in my right hand there. It's, it's right here in my hand. I was a first baseman. So I loved baseball. Got to be fairly proficient in it. One year of college, I played college baseball at Colorado School of Mines before God changed the direction of my life. I've always maintained my love for baseball. I love watching games. I love stats and all that stuff. But all the years of playing baseball, 
I've come to the conclusion that there are some things about baseball that we can apply to our lives. So if you're here, even if you despise sports, even if you, when you see people running down the street jogging, you hate them. <laughs> Just listen for a few moments to some truths that I believe we can learn about. First, number one, number one, in both baseball and life, you must play to win. Say those words with me. You must play to win. Verse 24 of our text said, run in such a way as to get the prize. Now hear me. If you're going to be successful in baseball, really in any sport, but I'm talking about baseball, if you're going to be successful, you've got to expect to win. Any team, little league, minor league, Big league, any team that goes out with the attitude of, oh man, we are way overmatched, we don't have a chance, that team is going to lose. Yes, baseball is about skill, but there is also a mental side to baseball. There is an attitude side to baseball. And men and women, it is the same way in life. If you've made up your mind that, that because of your lot in life or because of your awful circumstances that things will never get better, then they probably won't. If you're a negative person, then you are probably going to bleed negativity. Maybe, maybe you've been called a loser all your life. Maybe you've called yourself a loser. But my Bible says this. Hear me. My Bible says that the God of the universe has His hand on my life. He has His hand upon our lives, upon your life. He knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He does have a plan for our lives. He wants to give us His victory, His peace. He wants to fill us with His Spirit. He wants to give us power in our lives to be overcomers. You say, Pastor, are you just talking about mind over matter? Or are you just one of those positive thinking preachers? My friends, the Bible does say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. My Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. My Bible says that God says to us, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Men and women, my attitude about life is crucial. Now hear me, I may not be able to control all the things that happen to me. When I drive home with my wife, Cheryl, and by the way, she's here. Some of you haven't met her. I deeply apologize. She's wearing Dodger blue. How, did I hear an amen from somebody over here? When she and I drive home today, we can't necessarily control how all the other drivers are going to be. There are circumstances that happen in our lives that are 
oftentimes beyond our control. But hear me, we can control our attitudes. By the way, be careful about spending time with naysayers. Be careful about spending time with friends who are always negative. Amen? Because they will oftentimes drag you down. Find some people to hang around with who are positive. People who know the God of the Bible. People who won't drag you down. People who won't in the first 30 seconds say, Isn't life awful? Don't you hate this or that? No. Hang around with people who, yes, perhaps have gone through suffering and hardship, but they've come through it with victory in their hearts. Hang around with those people. You see, in baseball, you got to play to win. You see, when I get up to the plate, by the way, being here in Utah, the other day we drove through a Provo years ago, over 30 years ago, I, I, I pastored in Provo, and one of the things I loved about that church was we had a lot of good good uh, baseball players, softball players, and I was, back then, I was in my early 30s, so um, I was still fairly young. I'm still very young. I turned 68 yesterday. Yeah, yeah. My point is this, we, we had a fast-pitch softball team in, in Provo. We had a couple guys that could throw the ball really well and had some young bucks there, and so we had a good, good uh, fast-pitch team. I know down over the years, as I got older, all we had was what I call sissy slow pitch. <laughs> Don't throw the ball that hard. When you get up to the plate... You're expecting to hit the ball, and you're going to hit it hard. If you're up at the plate, and you've seen it some in Little League, haven't you? You've seen it where little, little Biff. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the interesting thing is, in baseball, if you're a, what's called a 300 hitter, you got a chance for the Hall of Fame. What is a 300 hitter? It means a, a, a batter who gets a hit three times out of ten. Now, if you majored in math in college, you know that if, if you get a hit three times out of ten, that means seven times out of ten, you didn't get a hit. Amen? Amen. Get your calculator out if you need to and do the math. It means you made an out. You may have whiffed. You may have struck out. Isn't it amazing? In baseball, even though you may only get a hit three times out of ten, you know that the next time up, I'm going to get that hit. Number one, men and women, we've got to play to win in baseball and in life. And the Bible says, you and I, because of what Jesus has done for us, we can win. Somebody say amen. Secondly, I've got to move along. The clock is ticking. Somebody stop the clock, would you? In both baseball and life, training is crucial for endurance. Training is crucial for endurance. Sometimes pro athletes can make it look so stinking easy. 
Now, if you're a Colorado Rockies fan, you know that our third baseman, Nolan Arenado, is one of the best third baseman right now in baseball. And he makes all these amazing plays. And again, he makes it look so easy. And people may say, oh, he just has natural talent. He just came out of his mother's womb with a baseball glove in his hand and he was just ready to... No. He has worked so hard. I was the first baseman. And so we had to take a lot of grounders. Our... our, coach would hit us grounder after grounder because the truth is to be a good infielder you've got to practice you've got to train I remember so often I was I was prone not to want to bend my knees and I just kind of get lazy you know balls coming along just kind of go like that and I hear my coach still and I apologize for the coarse language I'm about to use I just woke some of you up. (laughs) I can hear my coach. I would flub a ground ball, and he would yell out, Bobby, keep your butt down! Because to be a good infielder, you've got to feel like this. You can't just do this. Training, practice. If you want to be good, if you want to be successful in baseball, in Sports, countless hours fielding ground balls, good hitters. They spend hours in the batting cages taking batting practice. Outfielders practice catching those fly balls by the hours. Pitchers spend hours practicing their pitches. Why? Because they're committed to getting better. What's the point, Pastor Bob? Well, it's the same way with us. If we're going to do well in our spiritual lives, then you and I must be committed to growth to becoming a better disciple. What did the text say in verse 25? It said, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Yes, spiritual training has eternal consequences. Men and women, let's be in God's Word each day. Let's spend time each day in prayer. Let's do whatever we need to do to become stronger men and women of God. And everybody said amen. Amen. Point number three, in both baseball and life, little things can mean a lot. Little things can mean a lot. Now, most of the time, if you're watching ESPN Sports Center, they love to show all the home runs that are hit. Oh, man, we love home runs when they hit it way out of the park. But if you know baseball, you know that baseball is about a lot more than hitting the ball over the fence. There's little things, like what's called a sacrifice bunt, where you bunt the ball to get the runner from first base to second base so they can be in scoring position. Little things like watching The back foot of the pitcher on the rubber, if you're trying to steal a base, you watch the back foot so you know exactly when you can start to steal the base. If you're an outfielder, you know there's a little thing called throwing to the cutoff man. Some of you have never, ever heard of the term cutoff man. But if you know baseball, you know that that is a little thing perhaps, but oftentimes it can mean the difference in a ball game. Reading the coach's signs correctly 
all those, you watch the base coach and he's given the signs and, and you've got to read the, that's a little thing, but it's so important. Knowing how many outs there are. Sometimes in a game I've made the mistake. I thought there were two outs, but there were one, there was one out and oh, little things can mean a lot. And the book of Song of Solomon says the little things that spoil the vineyard, little things in our lives can mean a lot. Little things like, yes, giving priority to one's devotional life. I already talked about that. But what about the little thing like saying, I love you to the people that you care about? Amen. It's important. Ah. Been married 43 years, Bubba. I told her I loved her on the wedding day, and if it changes, I'll let her know. No, don't be like that. The little things mean so much. Parents, spending time with your children. I know you're busy with your job. Spending time with your kids is crucial. Grandparents, any grandparents here today? I'm just going to tell you a grandparent story, and I, I've got to move in this sermon or I'm in deep trouble. Or we could just have you folks sit here for the 11:15 service too. <laughs> Grandparents, one of the things I began to realize a few weeks back is that if I want to connect well with my grandchildren, I need to begin texting them. I know I'm, I'm going to get some resistance. I'm probably going to get some emails. And back in my day, I wrote to my grandparents. And they wrote me back. Newsflash. It's a new day. <laughs> Amen. And I believe it was the Lord that prompted me a number of weeks ago. I picked up my cell phone. And I texted my young grandson. And I just told him that I loved him. And I know I'm with you. I prefer face-to-face. -face. I, I, I prefer phone calls. I, I'm like that. Remember, I'm 68. But for his generation, I texted him. About 10 minutes later, he texted me back. And he said, Grandpa, your text meant so much to me because I had a rough night and I'm facing a tough day. Thank you, Grandpa. Hey, you say it's a little thing, but it can mean a lot. How about being diligent and trustworthy on the job, even when no one is watching? Ooh. How about saying, I'm sorry when you mess up? Anybody here mess up in the last couple hours? <laughs> yeah, how about saying, I'm sorry? How about affirming someone when they've done a nice thing? And here's one. It's really kind of little, but how about being a nice person? Turn to somebody and say, you need to be nice. All right, here we go. Fourth, fourth, here we go. In both baseball and life, errors and rules violations can lead to losses. Errors and rules violations can lead to losses. If you're a baseball fan, it's up in years a little bit. You remember game six of the 1986 World Series. Bill Buckner, Boston Red Sox, game six. 
Red Sox were close to winning the series. They hadn't, they hadn't won a series for like 500 years. Easy ground ball comes to Bill Buckner, first base. Ball goes between his legs. The Mets score, end up winning game seven. Bill Buckner, to this day, cannot enter the city of Boston for fear of his life. It's, it's true. Errors can mean so much. A dropped third strike with two outs in the ninth inning. I've made errors before in baseball that, that cost me. You can't leave too early on a sacrifice fly or you'll be called out. Paul wrote to Timothy and he had this to say. I believe it's on the screen. If anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. And from our text, verse 27 said, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Hear me, men and women, we've laughed a little bit today and that's good. There are some errors and rules violations that may not affect the outcome. But when the game is on the line, eighth inning, ninth inning, it's crucial that a team play errorless ball and they obey the rules or the game may be lost. In the same way in life, hear me, men and women, there are consequences to bad decisions, to horrible moral errors, to violations of God's word. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not here today to hammer those who have made errors in the past. We have all done that. My hands are both raised to the sky. But those are in the past. My burden this morning is for those who are about to make crucial decisions in life. Later today, tomorrow, next week, perhaps dealing with sexual intimacy, we live in a culture where sexual purity isn't really something that's talked about, but it's in God's Word. And God's want, God wants the best for men and women. You young people, do it God's way. Save yourself for the marriage bed. Sexual intimacy. It could be about who you're going to marry. Don't marry a jerk. Don't marry a bimbo. Well, they're so fabulous looking. <laughs> Find someone who loves Jesus. Amen. How about a decision about honesty in financial matters? Yeah. Let's determine not to make dumb mistakes, men and women. Not to violate the rules. It could very well impact our lives for eternity. Okay, number five, and I close with this. In both baseball and life, you must finish well. You must finish well. The last few innings of a game can mean a lot. The game isn't over until the last inning. One of the gospel writers, Luke, in fact, in fact, he talks about a builder, and the text says, it's, it's not on the screen, but the text says, this fellow began to build and was not 
able to finish. Wow. Not able to finish. Now, baseball has pitchers that are called closers. They're relief pitchers who their only job is to come in the last inning and to keep the other team from scoring. My team, the Rockies, have had a difficult time the last few days with the closer. We haven't finished well. Men and women, what's the application? Let's make up our minds that in our spiritual lives, we will finish well. How horrible it would be to follow Jesus almost your entire life and then give up the lead in the last inning. Let's not blow it, men and women. I do believe that Jesus is coming soon. But even if He doesn't come in my lifetime, how foolish it would be to gamble on tomorrow and do something catastrophic at the end of the race. Men and women, let's keep on following Jesus. Yes, those of you that are seniors here today, let's finish well. Hear me. In our second half years, let's stay excited about serving Jesus. Let's encourage the younger generations. Let's not become old grouches. Let's finish well, but finishing well, hear me, it isn't just a point for the older crowd. You may be here and you're 18. Maybe you're 28. Maybe you're 38. And you may be in your last inning. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the truth is this. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. So finish well. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. Your life may be snuffed out. Oh, Pastor, are you trying to scare us? No, I'm just telling you the truth. You need to finish well. Whether that's tomorrow or whether that's 20 years down the road, let's keep an eye on eternity. But there's another aspect of finishing well. In baseball, in baseball, even if you played badly in the early innings, you still have a chance. If you've been a baseball fan very long, you probably remember games of great comebacks. Sherilyn and I, many decades ago, were in a minor league baseball game where our team was down 14-7 to in the ninth inning. That sounds like a football score. And it was hopeless, and most people were just sticking around because the fireworks were going to be at the end of the game. But man, those Denver Bears, that minor league team, they came back. And they won that game. If you're a Red Sox fan, you remember a number of years ago, you were down in the playoffs three games to none to your hated rival, the New York Yankees. But you came back and you won four straight. And you love to keep the Yankee fans knowing that little bit of knowledge. Perhaps there's some of you here today who had a rough beginning. Maybe your childhood wasn't Disneyland. Maybe in the early innings of your life, you made a bunch of errors. Maybe you violated some rules. Maybe you were a victim of horrible things that were done to you. I've got good news for you. As the famous baseball player and theologian Yogi Berra once said, it ain't over till it's over. Amen. Now maybe you're here and Maybe in the middle innings of your life, the fourth, the fifth, 
the sixth inning. Maybe some tough stuff happened. Maybe the umpire of your life made a horrible call. Maybe things happen to you that you feel are unfair. You wonder if you can make it. I've got some good news for you. There is a God in heaven who is pulling for you. There is a God in heaven who loves to help the underdog. You may feel like the devil and his team are leading you by a score of 10 to nothing in the bottom of the ninth inning, and there are two outs. But my Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You may feel like your life is stacked against you. The odds are too great that you can live a victorious Christian life. Don't you believe the lie of the enemy? The God of the Bible is the God of comebacks. What's the greatest comeback in the history of the world? It's the story of the resurrection. The Bible, this gospel message is about comebacks from the awfulness and the bloodiness of the cross to the power of the empty tomb. God is a God of comebacks. And this church, this church has a heritage of comeback stories. Hallelujah. Down through the years, way back when this church was called Kern's Assembly of God and then Valley Assembly and now Life Church, these, these seats, have been filled with all kinds of sinners. <laughs> I know some people say, I want to find a church where there are no sinners. <laughs> well, you keep looking, Mildred. No, the truth is this. This church down through the decades <laughs> it's been filled with people who walked in these doors whose lives were a mess. Drunks walked in these doors, liars, drug addicts, adulterers, wayward sons and daughters, wayward parents, gossips, cheats, all other kind of reprobates, plus throw in a bunch of backsliders, people who were down for the count, down in the ninth inning. But God gave us a weapon. One could say that God gave us a new bat, this bat. This weapon is called the Word of God. And it says, Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. And I pray that this church, hear me, I pray that this church in the glorious future that God has for you, I believe indeed the best is yet to come. I love the history that this church has. But I believe that the best days are ahead of us. Let's be a church that will cheer on those who will come and sit in our seats. They may be dragged down by all kinds of junk in their lives. But when Jesus sets them free, let's be a church who will encourage them on and help them to see that we can finish well. Life Church. Life Church. Finish well. Don't get sour about what happened here or what they decided or what didn't happen. Finish well. Stand with me, would you? One more scripture I'm going to share with you. In my office, 
at home. I've got a little stone, a little rock. A couple years ago in a church service at Victory Life Church. Everyone was given a rock from an Old Testament story. And we were given a sharpie. And we were instructed to put something on that rock that we can look at every day. I chose four simple words. And I see it every day, every time I sit down at my desk. Simply says, I will finish well. Amen. I'm getting older. I'm older today than I've ever been. How many of you are here and you're younger than 68? Raise your hand. I got news for you. Your time's coming. Paul said, my body may be wasting away, but inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. Paul, one of the last things that Paul wrote before he was executed, he said these words, and I believe they're going to be on the screen. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, but not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Baseball is a lot like life. I, I believe it. Baseball is a lot like life. You've got to play to win. Amen. Training is crucial for endurance. Little things can mean a lot. Errors and violations of rules can cost you. And lastly, you've got to finish well. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.